This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Here's the scenario. You're injured in a collision and your insurance company is denying your claim. It happens far too often. If it happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. My team and I work for people just like you. We don't accept cases on behalf of insurance companies, so you and your family can make sure that you're in good hands. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Get Goldfinger today. You know what I want. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Samson Folk, and you're joining me today after the Raptors 114-106 to win over the Portland Trailblazers. A really nice win altogether, but I'm going to touch on something first before we get into the game. I've done nearly 100 podcasts for Raptors Republic as host, and I haven't asked for any reviews or anything like that to this point, but it does help a lot to get good reviews and to get good ratings. So if you haven't to this point and you do enjoy the podcast, please do so. I see the metrics. I see the engagement. A lot of people do listen to this podcast, and this will be the last time for a long time that I do this on air as well. And another thing that is of note, I have organized a ticket giveaway with Raptors Republic. Not everything has been ironed out, but it is definitively happening at the end of November or the start of December. I'll be giving out with Raptors Republic two tickets to a winner. It hasn't been fully ironed out yet, but that'll be later this week. So if you want to get on top of that, it will probably be run through Twitter. And so you can either follow Raptors Republic on Twitter or myself, Sam Folk, S-A-M-F-O-L-K-K. If you want to be in the know for when that happens, I'll also be touching on it on this podcast. But if you want to get ahead of the curve, um, I would suggest you do that. And hopefully we get to send a deserving person and the person they choose to take with them to a game. So keep your head up for that. That is coming soon. So the game in which the Raptors beat the Portland Trailblazers Fun one. 
And even though the Raptors, they did look lethargic early on, letting Hassan Whiteside press them on the glass, when he really shouldn't because Hassan Whiteside is exactly that. He is a lethargic player. And I know he has size, but the Raptors were a little bit sloppy, and that, that affected how the Blazers were able to open up the game. The Blazers weren't even playing terrific offense or anything like that. It's just the Raptors were doing their usual thing where they get the initial stop. Usually this season, the Raptors have been giving up offensive rebounds to really aggressive teams, but the Trail Blazers on a second night of a back-to-back weren't even overly aggressive. It's just the Raptors were sloppy, lethargic, and the ball was kind of rolling to the Trail Blazers intermittently for seemingly no reason at all. On the other side of things, the offensive end, the Raptors weren't able to get that much going on in the first four or five minutes of the game. As we know with this team, though, and what has been the story of this West Coast road trip so far, is they have an interminable resolve. And even though the Trailblazers, they did make the Raptors pay a little bit for the drop defense that was being played by Gasol early on. So the Trailblazers had Hassan Whiteside hitting from mid-range, which was not sustainable. And I didn't think it was, and it definitely didn't end up being that way. Rodney Hood was working in the mid-range as well early on. CJ McCollum, Damian Lillard always like to get in on the inside, but the Raptors from the jump did a really good job icing those two defensively and so that's that was a great thing from the start of the game and a great thing throughout and even though they were giving up you know shots were dropping for the trailblazers there wasn't anything besides the little bit of offensive rebounds and sloppy play to be upset with the raptors were still playing good defense were still pressuring the blazers into tough enough shots and shots that they don't make at a super high rate so the raptors built from there on the other side pascal siakam was getting He was getting single coverage, and that was, I mean, it's always really good for Siakam's game when he gets single coverage. It was Nasir Little who was guarding him. He's big. He's strong. I think I watched the Trailblazers broadcast, and they idealize Nasir Little the same way we idealize OG Ananobi. So they see him. They think he's so strong. He can defend anybody. And Siakam, you know, I thought Nasir Little, his initial defense was not very good on Siakam. But his recovery defense was really good, and Siakam early on was getting to the rim, but was just kind of flubbing shots around there. And that wasn't, you know, that was just fine, because if Siakam's getting to the rim, you expect them to start dropping, and eventually they did, and at a very high rate. So I wasn't worried about that really early on, and I don't think the Raptors were, and I don't think Siakam was. Siakam even canned a triple, which is fantastic to see, because... He's not taking a lot of baseline triples. He's not taking a lot from the corner. He is going to the jump shot above the break when defenses start packing the paint on him. And for him to be able to just recognize how the defense is playing him and for him to be able to capitalize on that space that they give him. And even though he had a tough couple games in L.A. shooting the basketball, especially from outside, I thought that it was his shot returned in spades in this one. And that was that was really cool to see. Fred Van Vliet from the jump, I thought he was doing an awesome job pushing the ball. And that's something that's been underrated this year, I think, because the Raptors have been absolutely insane in transition. And I think we all inherently attribute that to Pascal Siakam just because he is like a track athlete on the floor at times. But he hasn't been able to be the same in transition this year as he was last year. It's just a different role. He receives so much more attention. 
but Van Vliet has actually been the motor of the Raptors transition game, always pushing after the outlet, always getting up the floor, and I he puts a lot of pressure on defenses, and he really, really got the Raptors offense going with his will to try and get to the rim, to try and get the Trailblazers defense to squeeze in and make the outlet pass, and then make the pass to the corner, or make the pass to the above-the-break guy, or the trailer even. So seeing Van Vliet command the transition game like that, as he has been doing all three games of the West Coast road trip, four games, I should say, actually, it's just been a pleasant surprise. And so they, after being down in the hole initially, they brought it back to 21-23 after Van Vliet. He really pushed in transition, got to the rim, and the Raptors didn't look particularly sharp, but the game was 23-21. And then you kind of have to think, okay, this isn't the true Blazers, just as this isn't the true Raptors. The Raptors are missing Kyle Lowry, they're missing Serge Ibaka, OG Ananobi, and to a lesser extent, Patrick McCaw. The Blazers missing Yusuf Nurkic, missing Zach Collins, both big parts of their team. And the Blazers, they they got thinner this year with um, Alfred Camino leaving and Moharkless leaving and Evan Turner as well. So all that happening was not that great for Portland, and they're not as deep as they used to be. And that's saying something because they weren't ever a particularly deep team. So this wasn't a game where I was expecting the Raptors to lose. Whereas the Clippers game and the Lakers game, you're looking at those teams like they've got a lot more talent going on. But the Raptors, and to get into the big part of this game, was if teams don't have that many offensive options, if they're super reliant on one player, the game planning from the Raptors' end has been so immaculate this year as far as one matchup is concerned. And that's with the Raptors identifying who is the most dangerous player on the opposing team and completely subtracting him from their offensive game plan. We saw it happen to LeBron. We saw it happen to Anthony Davis. We saw it happen to Kawhi Leonard. And we saw it happen to Damian Lillard. The communication that the Raptors have at the front end and back end of their defense makes them so dangerous as a team because as we're seeing not only is it being done by the very top end guys it's not just Ananobi it's not just Ibaka, Gasol, the really tout and Siakam, Van Vliet, Lowry the highly touted defenders of this team it's guys all the way down to Hollis Jefferson, Norman Powell, Terrence Davis, Chris Boucher all these guys have been very, very cerebral in the defense. And, you know, before the season started, Nick Nurse was asking the team, the new guys, that he was saying in the media that they had to be so much better defensively, that their chances will come on offense when they need to, and that you're going to make the roster based on how you play defense. And that wasn't just words. That was an embodiment of the core tenet of the Raptors' whole thing. The way they operate as a system, as a team, they have built themselves out from defense first, which is incredible to see and incredible to see emulated over and over, regardless of who's on the roster. It seems like the Raptors will just take a bunch of guys, throw a bunch of dudes out there, and they'll have players, and they'll be in the game. And this game, even though the Blazers were ahead for a large portion, even though the Raptors came on really strong and the game was close for a large part of the game this game never seemed in doubt it always seemed like the Raptors when it came time they were going to be able to clamp the Blazers down 
because they had their star player locked up. Rodney Hood can go for 25. CJ can punch in 19. But if the Raptors are completely icing out all of Damian Lillard's pick-and-roll play types, which he has been the pick-and-roll king for the last three years in the NBA, his points per possession and his usage in that role has put him way above any other point guard as far as efficiency in the regular season in the pick-and-roll. He's been the pick-and-roll king of the NBA for so many years now, and the Raptors completely neutered that part of the Blazers game. And that there's no kidding that even though the Blazers got out to a fast start, even though they got 25 from Rodney Hood, they only ended up scoring 106. And that's a direct correlation with the Raptors' intelligence on defense and their effort on defense. And that was that's basically the story of this game because there are certain aspects of this game that the Trailblazers are not a good defensive team. And Fred Van Vliet, with this confidence and his ability to push in transition, and we all know he is an elite, like top-of-the-top three-point shooter in the league. When he's finding room, there was there was more action in this game with Gasol being able to work off the elbow. They're running split action with either Hollis Jefferson or Siakam or somebody else, Norman Powell even, with Van Vliet on the wing where he was coming open for triples. Van Vliet was really diligent looking for his own shot, pushed to the rim, got to the free throw line, took his jumpers when they were there, and played fantastic, outplayed Dame by such a large degree that, quite frankly, the the Trailblazers should be looking at themselves, and every team in the league has to consider, wow, Fred Van Vliet is what now? Because when he was in the finals, he was unsung hero. During last season, he was miscast for the regular season. And the year before, he was net rating god, rising bench player who plays in a really important role on a good team. And now, when he's playing this way every night, where the nights where he's not shooting so well from the floor, he's still getting to 10 assists. The nights where he does shoot well from the floor, and he is pushing in transition, he has 30 points on 10 of 9, sorry, 10 of 16 shooting, 4 of 6 from downtown, 6 of 6 from the free throw line. It's, who is he now, and what is his role? Is he a lead guard? Is he an all-star level player if he's going to be in this role? How is his contract going to be reflected of this in the summer? He's, he's given pundits, fans, and other players tons to think about, and he's been even though Siakam is the star of this team now, Van Vliet has been the driving force for a lot of what goes on, and he deserves a lot of love. And he outplayed Dame tonight. Terrence Davis as well. I think he completely embodied what Nick Nurse was talking about in that he is defending really hard. He gets after it on the glass. He's active no matter what he's doing on the floor. And when his shots are coming to him, he's taking them. And early on in the season, they weren't dropping. Now we're seeing they're finally starting to drop in. He's a big physical specimen on the court. If he can add that finesse to his game, where he's going behind the back twice in the same sequence in transition before laying it in, that's really big news for the Raptors. And a lot of people have been very excited about Terrence Davis for quite some time. And it's performances like this that make say, wow, this guy is going to be really good. Undrafted doesn't matter. Anything that happened before doesn't matter. All you can say is that other teams missed on him. That it's insane that he didn't get drafted because he's already flashing such a special skill set and such a useful skill set that 
the Raptors, it just looks like another another win for the Raptors. And maybe the transition to something that wasn't a highlight. And there, there's two things that weren't of uh, much importance in this one. And that was Malcolm Miller had the uh, the formal starting gig tonight. And I like when teams do this. They go deep into the bench to grab the starter to maintain the bench unit. The Raptors obviously are not maintaining the bench unit because they have so many injuries. Everything is in flux. But I've been a big fan of Malcolm Miller. I think his jump shot is for real. I think he can hit threes at the NBA level. I think he can defend at the NBA level. And I was excited for him to play minutes that weren't garbage time and to play next to established players who were going to draw attention and he would be able to get the ball off of that attention and hopefully make the defense pay. Didn't really happen. He played seven minutes. I thought he was active on defense. He did his thing. He jumped a couple times, but he was staying with Dame when he got switched on him. He did jump on Rodney Hood, but the effort was there. He did have some nice defensive plays, and his ability to keep up with players, that's always a good thing. He didn't hit his shots. He didn't look aggressive. He didn't look, even though he is a three-point shooter, like he was spacing the floor much for the Raptors, so he wasn't bringing much to the table. And we saw in the second half, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson started for Malcolm Miller. And that was because Rondé Hollis-Jefferson started playing defense on Damian Lillard, which was incredible. And I'll get to that after I talk about Norm Powell. Norm Powell, after having so many games, really stringing a lot of good games in a row, had a bit of a letdown in this one. He was 0 for 6 from the floor. He wasn't creative off the dribble. He did help out on the glass. He was important in hustle plays, as he usually is. He has a high motor, but it's just the polish that seems to come and go with his game is the problem, right? Because he is such an athlete, and he does get to play in situations where being a polished athlete really does benefit his game a lot, as we saw with Rondé Hollis-Jefferson tonight, creeping in from the weak side, being a really good dive man hanging out in the dunker spot, being a polished athlete is really valuable around guys like Pascal Siakam, Marcus Gasol, and Fred Van Vliet. Norm Powell, losing that polish seemingly intermittently from game to game is difficult for the Raptors because they want to be able to rely on players. And it's not like Norm Powell is having letdowns on defense. I think he's a tenacious defender. I think he did good there, but losing his offensive punch little bit of a disappointment but like I said Rondé Hollis-Jefferson started the second half he played really well he guarded Dame really well I thought the way he was shading Dame a lot and driving him into well corralling him into the upside defense the back end of the Raptors defense when that was happening making sure that they weren't getting really easy looks from all the attention that was being paid to Dame I thought it was a really great scheme that the Raptors run ran sorry he was 6 of 8 from the floor. He had 16 and 11 in 25 minutes. He was completely transformative for the Raptors in this one. And being able to just insert him the way he has been inserted in the last three games, it really is maybe the microcosm of this trip. Because Boucher didn't have a super good game in this one. He was the first sub in the first quarter, but Boucher didn't have a super impactful game. He played 14 minutes. rebounds and that doesn't mean he was bad it just wasn't hitting the same highs that he was hitting against the Lakers or the Clippers and it was a different type of game you know I understand why 
they didn't want to just insert Chris Boucher to defend a whole bunch of pick and rolls against Hassan Whiteside and Damian Lillard. It makes sense why they weren't look why Nick Nurse wasn't looking for that. And it also makes sense why Chris Boucher was such an ideal matchup against guys like Anthony Davis, Javal McGee, Dwight Howard, Montrez Harrell, Zubach. They're all pretty active players, whether it's on the dive, in transition. They get up the floor, they get after it on the offensive glass, and having Boucher to match that activity and play at that frenetic pace is it, it is a compliment to his game. In this one against the very slow, methodical is maybe even a compliment that Hassan Whiteside doesn't deserve. It, it made more sense for Gasol to, to play one of his highest minute totals of the year. It's 35 minutes. And it worked out well enough. The Raptors, I thought, even though Hassan Whiteside hit those mid-range jumpers early, the Trailblazers had, you know, were hanging out in the mid-range early hitting shots. That wasn't how the game turned out. The Raptors had the defense under control. This was a good matchup for Gasol, and he did well in it. And this wasn't the game for Boucher, and that's fine. That's honestly totally cool. Rondé Hollis-Jefferson came in and stepped in. Boucher has shown so much on this trip already that this game isn't a letdown. It's just not his ideal matchup. So that was fine to see, and that's there is no reason to be any lower on Chris Boucher after that at all. And So big shout-out to Marcus Hall, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, and Pascal Siakam in the front court tonight. I thought they did an awesome job. And to Fred Van Vliet, Norman Powell, Terrence Davis, and Rondé Hollis-Jefferson once again for defending the the backcourt of the Trailblazers because that's where the Trailblazers make their money. I know Nurkic is one of the best big men in the league when healthy, but as the team is constructed right now, they really lean on Dame Lillard and the Raptors completely, they took him out of the game. And once that happened... And it was clear that the Trailblazers didn't have anyone who could reasonably defend Pascal Siakam. The defensive breakdowns from there, they were tenfold what it was early on in the game. Pascal is one of the best second-half adjustment players I've seen so far this year. He recalibrates. A lot of the time, he'll start playing more downhill. And we got to see him return to the post in this game. He's had he's, he's been guarded by really talented defenders of late, and being able to just go sit in the post, work on guys, use his footwork without a bunch of help side defense coming, especially with how slow Hassan Whiteside is, seeing Pascal get to go back to the post tonight was a rare treat, but hopefully not a rare treat, of course. <laughs> um, hopefully we get to keep seeing it. Hopefully teams have to pay for doubling him and shading towards him and hopefully he gets more single coverage in the post. Because as Raptors fans, that's obviously something that we love to watch. The Reggie Evans Award goes to Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. I thought he did such a great job. Not only was he guarding Dame at times, which is a super big deal, that for him to be able to guard Dame after guarding LeBron and Kawhi and doing great jobs on them, and then a great job on Dame, that's a lot of defensive versatility. And then his ability to creep in from the weak side and finish around the rim, kind of like this Amir Johnson-esque type play style. And he got after it on the offensive glass, was creating extra possessions for the Raptors. I thought that Rondé Hollis-Jefferson tonight, and if you haven't, make sure you read Lewis Zatzman. He wrote a nice big profile. Well, not a profile, I should say. He wrote a big feature on 
Hollis Jefferson, and you should you should give that a read. It's on Raptors Republic. Probably just type in Lewis Zatzman, Rondé Hollis Jefferson. It'll show up if you're looking for a more in-depth look at how he's succeeding on this Raptors team. But man, he he impressed me a lot tonight, and that was that was really nice to see. The Mitchell Robinson Award. There's there's nothing villainous about tonight. It's uh, just a, a pretty low-key game, pretty easy game for the Raptors, as easy as they make defense look, even though they play exceptionally hard. And, the, yeah, no villains, just a, a good win for the Raptors in this one. The top quick reaction comment, though, from Moko, this team is simply such a pleasure to watch. You know what you're going to get every single night, and even shorthanded, we beat quality teams on the road with relative ease. I honestly cannot recall a more pleasurable fan viewing experience and one of my teams being so easy to cheer for. And this includes last year with Kawhi. I agree 100%. There is something that feels very earned about this enjoyment because the league, the NBA is so star-driven. If you have a bunch of up-and-comers punching up at the man, trying to get everyone like, hey, look at us. We're a good team. We can beat the better teams. We can beat the best teams, which the Raptors have. And to do it shorthanded, I think that is, it's so impressive. And I wrote a big um, article after the Lakers win where I talked about it's in our human nature to cheer for the underdog because it speaks to our potential and our human con- the human condition about if we aren't achieving everything all at once, even if someone's doing it better for the short term, for the now, that doesn't mean that we can't punch the glass ceiling above our head and transcend where we are now. And there's a reason why it's cathartic to watch teams punch through their ceiling and to watch them beat people who are seemingly known to be better because it it harkens back to that emotion and that need for us to believe that there's potential inside of every single one of us. And the Raptors embody that potential with this young, tenacious team. And they they are something else to watch. I've really enjoyed this road trip. And um, it's it's been immensely pleasurable. I agree with you there. As for me, I think that's it. Um, just to remind you guys once again, there will be a giveaway coming up for two tickets. Um, you can follow Raptors of Public on Twitter or myself, S-A-M-F-O-L-K-K, just to get ahead of that, because it's definitively happening. It will happen, I promise. And if you want to leave a review, a rating for this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, whatever, wherever you listen to your podcasts, um, that would be greatly appreciated. Thank you very much. And whether you're getting into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye. Support for this episode is brought to you by Mrs. Myers. A delightfully clean home can make for a delightful start to the day. At Mrs. Myers, everything we make is inspired by the garden. With plant-derived ingredients, our cleaning products work like the Dickens, leaving your home sparkly clean and your to-do list tackled in no time. So bring a little bit of the outside inside your four walls and bask in the wonder of a garden from the comfort of home. Mrs. Myers, rooted in goodness. Shop now at MrsMyers.com. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? 
In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply.